0: Hi, I'm James. Welcome back to The Sleep Pod. Every episode, I make up a boring and rambling story that barely has any plot, drama or excitement to help you wind down at the end of the day and hopefully get you a decent night's sleep. The random word of inspiration for this episode comes in the form of a page ripped out of the Autumn-Winter 1996 edition of the Argos catalogue that simply has the word DESK highlighted and circled. So, get yourself comfortable, lock the door, take your socks off, and I'll begin with this week's story. DESK. Quentin Farrier was sat at his desk on a rainy Thursday afternoon. The cold rain was tapping the windows behind him as he sat there and calmly drank a decaf cappuccino whilst looking around at his office. His eyes moved from the bookcase that contained many, many books on a wide variety of subjects. Geography, history, politics, some Mills and Boone novels. A large stack of newspapers. His eyes passed over all of these items. He'd read them all already, but he needed something to do. On the opposite wall was a display case containing many trophies celebrating all of his past achievements. There was nothing new or interesting there. Directly in front of him was a normal-sized door. But there was glass in the door, although it was frosted, so light could pass through it. his receptionist couldn't see exactly what he was doing or more importantly potential clients couldn't see what was going on or if he had any clients in the office with him their privacy would be slightly improved Although the room wasn't really soundproofed, so if anybody really wanted to hear a conversation, he just had to stand near the room. He looked at the door. You could see the big, bold black letters that were on the other side of the glass that stated his name and profession. It said, Benton Farrier, space detective. He let out a long sigh. When he first decided that he wanted to go into business as a space detective, he was very excited. Even the job title itself provided mental imagery of swashbuckling and using magnifying glasses. But after twenty years, In the profession, he had now accepted that the job mainly involved talking to people, and then talking to other people, and then talking to the first person, telling them something that he had found out from the second person, and then he would get paid He hadn't even been into space in the last two years. He let out another sigh. And then drank some more of his decaf cappuccino. Suddenly, the telephone on his desk started ringing. He picked it up. And then, the ringing stopped. He lifted the receiver up to his head. In the usual orientation of the device. And said, Hello. Straight away, He could tell this was not a normal phone call. It was, in fact, a phone call from his receptionist, Mr. Sandals. Although he didn't really need a receptionist, he liked employing Mr. Sandals mainly because Mr. Sandals was a robot. And having a robot receptionist seemed to add a little bit more prestige to his position as a space detective. Hello, Mr. Farrier, said Mr. Sandals. Benton could hear Mr. Sandals' voice, both via the telephone and from the other side of the door. The room really was not very well soundproofed at all. Hello, Mr. Sandals, said Benton. What's up? And please, call me Benton. I keep on telling you to call me Benton. But you still call me Mr. Farrier. Ah, said Mr. Sandals. I know. But you call me Mr. Sandals. So it only seems polite call you Mr. Farrier. Benton sighed. He had had this conversation with Mr. Sandals many times. Yes, I know Mr. Sandals, however, you don't have a first name, do you? Your entire name is just Mr. Sandals. Hmm said Mr. Sandals I understand what you are saying but I don't think that makes any difference to this current situation Benton took a deep breath okay fine call me whatever you like but what can I do for you? Oh, yes, said Mr. Sandals. I almost forgot. You have a client waiting for you. Oh, said Benton. Okay. Send them in. There was a pause as Mr. Sandals thought. Should I tell you who they are and what they want? No, thank you, said Benton. I'll just ask them as soon as they walk through the door. Okay, said Mr. Sandals. I'll send them through now. And the line went dead. the handset for the phone back onto the receiver and started rearranging paperwork on his desk. There was not a lot of mess, but it did look slightly untidy. Just as he had gathered up a few reams of A4 paper and stuffed them into one of the drawers in the desk. The door to his office opened. A woman was the person responsible for opening the door. Benton glanced over her. He liked to try and guess what a client would like before they told him found it kept the job quite interesting. She had a large hat on, appeared to be in her late forties, and was wearing what Benton understood to be very expensive shoes. Benton looked at her face. She didn't appear to be upset or overly worried, although she did look a bit confused. Hmm, he thought. This could be a very interesting case. After passing through the door... Benton stood up. Hello, he said. Please take a seat. She walked from the door and then sat down in one of the comfortable chairs on the opposite side of the desk from Benton. He would have liked to have shook her hand first but she was already sat down. And trying to get her to shake his hand now could be a little bit awkward. So he sat down too. My name is Benton Farrier, space detective. What can I do for you? The woman was looking at him squinting a little bit, possibly trying to work him out, possibly trying to work out if he was good at his job. She looked around, she looked at the bookcase, she looked at the trophies, and after seeing that the majority of them were for doing good work and being a space detective, she seemed satisfied, and turned back, Benton Hello Mr. Farrier My name is Fiona Salmon and I need your help with something Money is no object and all of your expenses will be covered Plus Hold on a second. And she reached into her bag and pulled out a large jewel. Here, you can have this as a uh, down payment of services. She placed the large jewel onto Benton's desk. He looked at it and picked it up, examining it in the light. Yes, he thought, this is definitely a jewel of some description, and I will choose to assume that it is very expensive. So, Mrs. Salmon, he said, what can I do for you? Ah. Straight down to business. I like that. Well, I need you to find my brother. I have not seen him in a number of years. But we have important family business to discuss. Benson's eyebrow twitched. in thinking that you are a member of the Salmon's, the famous business family. Fiona gave a small nod. Yes, she said, I am a member of a very wealthy family. Hence the whole money-is-no object and giving you a jewel thing. Ah, said Benton. Okay. So tell me about your brother, he said. Fiona leaned back in her chair. Well, as I said... It has been a number of years since I have seen him, but he looks exactly like me except with shorter hair and a bit of a beard. He enjoys fly fishing, croquet, crochet, jigsaw puzzles and Playing those games that you get at fairgrounds, you know the ones that are clearly rigged. Benton nodded. Yes, I know those ones, he said. Well, said Fiona, he also really likes those. I think playing those games only makes sense if you are a part of a family of quintillionaires. Benton nodded again. Yes, that makes sense. He sat there for a moment, just looking at Fiona, trying to work her out. There was something that she was not telling him. He was sure of it. He took a sip of his cappuccino. While still maintaining eye contact with Fiona. He sipped, swallowed and then returned the cardboard cup to the desk. Tell me Fiona, why exactly is it that you have not been in contact with him for a number of years? Fiona looked embarrassed or was it remorseful? Benton decided to listen to what she says before deciding which exact emotion she was showing. The last time I saw him, she said, the last time any of us from the family saw him was three years ago he had invited us to his castle just for the weekend everybody had a very nice time but then on the last night my brother Frank did I tell you his name was Frank I can't quite remember Benton shrugged and indicated for her to continue talking. Well, anyway, Frank made a paella for everybody. It was horrible. It really was. I'm not up to date with current culinary trends, but I'm fairly sure paella should not have boiled egg and lemongrass in it. Nobody liked it but everybody pretended they liked it at first anyway. Frank got a little bit suspicious that something was wrong due to the fact that nobody ate the paella So he asked us, what's wrong? Why aren't you eating my paella? And then at first everybody just tried to say that they weren't that hungry. But Frank found it suspicious that every member of the family would not be hungry at the same time. And then eventually, one by one, none of us could remain composed The whole situation was quite funny. But Frank did not see the funny side at all. He kicked us all out of the house. And we didn't see him again. Hmm, said Benton. Okay, I think I understand now. Fiona nodded. I do feel very guilty about the whole situation. We all do. But we can't find him to apologize. Please, Mr. Farrier, find Frank for me. Benton nodded and stood up. Okay, Mrs. Salmon. You have my word. I will do my Billy best to find him. Gosh, said Fiona. And she stood up. Thank you. That means a lot. Do I need to sign any contracts or anything? No, said Benton. I trust you. Fiona nodded. Okay, thank you. I will be going now then. Goodbye. And she walked out, clearly a little bit upset. Benton returned to his seat and sat down. He went to reach to pick up the phone, but then thought, Why bother? And shouted. Mr. Sandals, can you come in here, please? From the other side of the door, he heard a grinding noise and a squeaky noise. And then the door opened, and Mr. Sandals rolled in. Thank you, Mr. Sandals. I was wondering if you could help me with something. Mr. Sandals squinted me help you? But I'm just a robot receptionist. You are the space detective. Yes, said Benton. However, you have knowledge on certain things that I do not. That is true, said Mr. Sandals. So, how can I help? Benton looked at him. You like fun fairs, don't you? You like fun and excitement. That kind of thing. Yes? Mr. Sandals nodded. Yes. I can't partake in any fun, really. And I'm not allowed to play any of the games that they have at fun fairs. But I enjoy watching the videos of people at funfairs on the space internet. Benton nodded. Yes, I have seen you watching videos of funfairs on the space internet before. But I was wondering where is the best one? Mr. Sandals thought for a moment and then stopped thinking and began talking. Well, the best one, the actual best one, is the one on the moon. Yes, yes, that is the best one. Okay, said Benton. Can you buy me a ticket for the moon, please? Sure can do, boss, said Mr. Sandals. And he rolled out of Benton's office. Benton leaned back in his chair and took a final sip of his cappuccino whilst thinking... Well, I should probably start packing. Twenty four hours later, Benton Farrier steps out from the space airport on the moon. His Space flight on the space plane only took four and a half hours. But he was quite tired. He got a space taxi to Moon City and checked in at his space hotel. room was quite small but he didn't mind hopefully he wouldn't be there for too long he had picked up a map of moon city the reception when he had checked in he opened it up on the hotel room bed and began Looking. There were a number of smaller funfairs in Moon City. There was one to the south of town, one to the southeast of town, one to the west. But the entire northeastern sector of Moon City was itself a big funfair. He felt there was no point going to these smaller funfairs. He should just go straight to the big one. After all, if he was. Frank Salmon. He wouldn't waste his time on smaller funfairs. He decided to walk. His hotel room was pretty much directly in the center of Moon City. So he knew all he had to do was walk in one specific direction. And eventually he would reach the fun fair. So he began walking. Tall and short glass buildings lined the streets. And all the traffic appeared to just be space taxis. He wasn't sure if anybody who actually lived in Moon City owned a vehicle themselves. He walked past restaurants, boutique clothing stores, Shops that cater exclusively to tourists selling low-quality t-shirts with the moon written on them and snow globes of the moon. All the usual stuff. And eventually, after walking for... A couple of miles... He reached the fair. As far as the eye could see... There was stalls... Containing... People trying to... Hook... Small... Plastic... Ducks... Onto the end of sticks... People trying to throw basketballs into hoops. People trying to throw balls at strangely weighted, bottly things. It was everything he expected it to be. He started walking. Luckily, the funfare was laid out in a very effective grid system. All he had to do was remember exactly where he started, and then he could systematically go up and down every street and alleyway he wasn't sure exactly what to call the rows of stalls but it did not matter he just carried on walking Fiona had given Benton a picture of Frank she was right Frank did look a lot like Fiona, except with facial hair and shorter head hair too. Benton held it up in front of him as he walked, comparing everybody that he saw with the picture. He did consider walking around and asking people if they had seen this man. But he felt that it may be unlikely. There was a lot of people there. Plus, that also felt a bit like cheating. After all, he was the space detective. After a few hours of walking up and down, and then up again, and then down again, Benton came to a stall that was selling candy floss and hot dogs. His eyes darted between the picture to the man, then back to the picture, and then to the man again, and once he was sure that the man in front of him was the same man on the picture... He walked right up to him and said, Hello. Are you Frank Salmon? The man looked up and then said, Yes, hello. Oh, good, said Benton. I have been sent here to find you. Oh, said Frank. Who by? Well, said Benton. Primarily your sister, but also your family. Oh, said Frank. He looked a bit uneasy. Benton sat down in a chair next to Frank. Listen, he said. I heard what happened with the whole paella thing. Oh, said Frank. just wanted to try something new, something different. Yes, said Benton. But you can't get annoyed when other people don't like things. They weren't doing it on purpose. silly goose so I did what anybody would do in my situation went to the moon Benton nodded yes you'd be surprised how frequently people just decide to go to the moon to escape their problems he looked at Frank Actually, you probably wouldn't, because I'm sure the moon is filled with people who have done similar things to you. Frank nodded. They really sent you to come and find me? Wow. Now I feel even sillier, said Frank. That's okay, said Benton. We all make mistakes sometimes. So, will you come back to Earth with me? Frank thought for a moment. Yes, he said. I think my levels of enjoyment of being at this location have waned enough that going back is probably the best thing to do. Plus, I do miss my family. Okay, said Benton. Good. Do you want to go now, or...? Frank thought for a moment. Let's get hot dogs first. And so they did. That's the end of this week's story. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you again soon. Good night.